0: Hi, I'm the strategist cowboy. Our first contestant this week is a Swedish stout, which I know is brewed by an Irishman here in the southern part of Sweden in Eslöv. It is called Velvet Raven Oatmeal Stout and it is the local microbrewery, The Uncharted Brewing Company that is behind it. I have never heard of them before but I recognize several of their beer can motives from Systembloget. I just haven't had time to buy, buy and review them yet. An oatmeal stout from the Uncharted Brewing Company costs nearly 25 swedish kronas or just about 3 US dollars. It is quite expensive for any beer considering the small size canister and the near Pilsner level ABV. He must know what he is doing or he is a fool. The beer has got a 5% ABV. It is brewed with water, malted barley, oats, hops and yeast. The hops are probably of English and American sorts since the brewery frequently use those nationality hops. This brand of beer is unfiltered. The beer is canned in a dark can with a raven in a tree in front of a bright moon on it. The canister is sized 33 centiliters, i.e. about 11 li- liquid ounces can. The oatmeal stout is said by Sustainable August to best be served at 10 to 12 degrees Celsius, i.e. about 50 to 54 degrees Fahrenheit. The brewery says nothing about preferred serving temperature on the website, but I happened to hear from the brewery owner that his particular beer type should be served quite warm, 12 to 14 degrees celsius. They open up, within quotation marks, a bit more, when, when warming, warming up, as he says. Sounds about right. It must be fancy to be a brewer. How about the experience then? build over It's got a sugary flavor aroma Cane sugar aroma and coffee aroma Yes, much coffee it's got a large head, like dark beers uh, often, can have, can have. This is three fingers tall and I haven't poured half the can. Nice brownish uh, foam head. It's uh, completely black in color. If you, if you, <laughs> but of course it's a it's a dark ale. It's it's a stout, so it's uh, perfectly natural. But I've never seen a, such a black color in any. I, I mean, it's like looking into a black hole. <laughs> I think this is going to be quite. Uh, coffee like. Let me start by telling, telling you that um, I usually don't like uh, st- <laughs> most stouts. I, I like Guinness but Guinness is overrated except for its aftertaste. Which is very creamy, but this is not a Guinness. This is a uh, a stout of another kind. So if I'm in be- if I'm, in be- I'm giving it too low of a score, uh, like um, if I review it too too low, it's just because of my because I tried it. It's just because of my. Um, um my uh, what am i talking about my own preferences in beer but um i just tried this uh, a couple of seconds ago and uh, it's like uh, a lemon twist on it I don't know what um, other reviewers or sustainable says. I don't know anything they say about what this beer, beer's flavor and uh, aroma is. Uh, I'm, I never read anything about it, I, and I, I, nev- I never do. I never do read about uh, what other people f- think of a beer, and what they're, what their sense for taste in it and, so, and such. It's uh, different, I must say that, from other stouts. The head is uh, gone now, almost. It's like if it's um, soda water in it it's not in a bad way but uh, it's not got that full body it, it, it hasn't got that full body you, you sometimes have in stouts or full and full but uh, this is um, It's not thin, it's not thin, but it's... Uh, well, I, I, th- I, I think I recognize... Uh, it's got coffee taste anyway. Okay. It's a good taste. I think uh, this is a stout with a good taste. But it's not that rich. It's not not rich either. It's got a the undertone is uh, in the in the in in, on my palette. I don't know actually but uh, it's not bread-like and uh, is it yeasty? I don't think so the taste on my palate is coffee taste and uh, coffee taste. If there isn't a a very distinct flavor of chocolate in in stouts I don't claim it to be I I don't say that it's chocolate it must be very chocolate it must be very noticeable for me to use the word chocolate in beers because that's not a a taste you you find in beers usually. I've tried one beer who had a chocolatey taste in it. I wouldn't say that this is chocolatey. But it's it's quite creamy. It's not sweet. I don't think it's sweet and it's creamy. And bitter. The bitterness is quite high. And the fruitiness is uh, the lemon twist on it and spices let's see i don't know actually what spices there's there there may be some peppery spice it's not candy-like and the undertone is coffee i think it's coffee-like The carbonation level then. It's not very high. I haven't uh, uh, got an urge to burp yet. And that's the best indicator for the carbonation level, if it's high or not. It's a little bit creamy, as I said. Not in the aftertaste directly, but in the front of my mouth. It's not acidic, and there are no aberrations. As I would categorize an aberration, I don't think. No, there are no aberrations. It's a good beer. So we're back to we're 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 we come to the aftertaste. So wait a minute. Well, it's got a bitter aftertaste, bitterness, uh, coffee-like. That's it. And uh, what about grading then? Uh, so, uh, I mean, for a for a stout. this beer is worth uh, 9 devils out of 10 possible, that's a good grading. And for a regular or or for a beer in general, I will grade it uh, 8 devils out of 10 possible. So there's only a a difference in level in uh, grading of one between a stout and a regular beer, so it's a good stout. I like it actually. Our next contestant is premium 12. A lager from Gambrinos Brewery in Czech produced by Pilsner Urquell. A premium 12 costs nearly 18 swedish kronas or just over 2 US dollars. I have had several bad experiences with Czech lagers and Pilsners. It looks like they, at least in some cases, Use chemicals as taste enhancers. The beer sort has got a 5.2% ABV. It contains water, barley malts and hop products. Okay, stop it right there. Barley malts, hop products. I'm getting a chilling vibe. Am I going to have to drink Czech chemicals again, because if I am, this will be the last time I try a Czech beer ever, and I am a man of my word. The beer is bottled in a tall sized 50 cent liters i.e. about 17 liquid ounces bottled. Premium 12 is said by Systembolaget to best be served at 8 to 10 degrees Celsius i.e. about 46 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit. The brewery says nothing about preferred serving temperature. There is not much information about Gambrinus beer sorts even on their website. As a matter of fact, there is none where I looked. But sometimes breweries can have double websites and one of them is reserved for their beer sorts. I believe that the breweries aren't so prioritized on Google's search engine because very often I have trouble finding the brewers' websites on Google. I can click forward a page both one and two times before they turn up eventually. eventually. Am I missing something? How about the experience then? It's got a sweet sensation in the aroma. Pilsner aroma. It's got a clear colour, a yellowish colour. It's light in colour. But uh, it's got almost none head. uh, Okay, one finger's tall, almost. So it's uh, like many other beers. The taste is... uh, Not bad. Let's see here. Uh, For a 5.2% ABV. This beer is uh, pretty rich. It's maybe it's a little bit bread-like, but uh, it's not yeasty. It's a uh, taste on my palate. Uh, citrus, uh, lemon-like, or... Orange peel. Uh, It's not uh, that sweet. I wouldn't say that it's sweet, no. Okay, is it bitter? Well, normal. It's not candy-like and the fruitiness uh, was... uh Is that chemicals? I don't know. Let's see in the aftertaste later on. But it's... uh Got some aberration. Uh, I don't think there there are any spices in it, and may, they may be there may be some peppery spice. And the undertone is uh, it. It really do taste like. Chemicals again. Oh shit! But I'm 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 not going to say that it is until I'm certain. The carbonation level. Well, we'll see. The, it's not creamy. And it's not acidic but it got some aberration, like a chemical. I, 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 I sense a chemical in this beer. I don't like that about Czech beers. Even if it, if it, if it isn't chemicals or if it, if it isn't a chemical it tastes like it is and that's bad enough yeah okay what about the aftertaste the aftertaste is (coughs) chemical-like not very strong but still uh, not uh, not sufficient i mean this is not a good beer uh, let's uh, say that as much as uh, i'd like to i would have liked to grade a czech bear over a five devils out of ten possibles i cannot so when i'm grading this bear what about grading then um how many devils i grade this bear 3 devils out of 10 po- possible, uh, cannot go, go any higher than that. But it was not as uh, bad as uh, one of the other Czech beers I tried, but it's still you had the sensation of chemicals in your mouth and uh, that I don't like. Okay, absolutely don't drink and operate heavy machines, military or civilian. Drink responsibly or not at all. Don't drink at all if you're underage or pregnant. Thank you. This week's lesson. Laser weapons. The development in the field of laser weapons spins up. Laser weapons definitely belong to the future. Laser technology has major implications for warfare and in particular the technical aspects of warfare. Combating small UAVs up to two kilometers away requires a laser power of 10 to 50 kilowatts for use on EG smaller vehicle platforms. To combat rocket artillery mortars or larger UAVs, a laser power of 100 100 to 500 kilowatts with two megawatts of electric power is required, which means that a power source of the size of a truck is required. As early as December, 2012, RainMetal successfully tested a 50 kilowatt quote High energy weapon technology demonstrator. The report from Defense Update confirms my views on the importance of introducing the land mobile armored vehicle Patria Amos advanced mortar system, which can fire 12 centimeter grenades even in low trajectories. Catria's Amos has many vital advantages over other grenade launchers. Shooting grenades in low low trajectories is just one of them. Another advantage is that Amos can fire many grenades in a short time. Which could mean that a laser weapon may not have time to to reload, within quotation marks, if it has to. The report also strengthens my opinion that we should give SUAVs stealth properties, i.e., in this form of sonic attenuation, but in the future also with an invisibility cloak on the underside of the aircraft. By invisibil- invisible I mean that the sky and clouds above this SUAV should be partially filmed and projected in real time on the underside of the SUAV so that it becomes more or less invisible to the naked eye. The atmosphere is divided into different layers depending on how the temperature changes on average with the altitude above the Earth's Earth's surface. In the lowest layer called the troposphere the temperature usually decreases with increasing altitude. The troposphere consists of about 70 to 80 percent of the mass of the atmosphere. It is about 6 to 18 kilometers high, depending on where on Earth you are. The boundary of the next layer is called the tropopause. Pause, tropopause. In the polar regions, the tropopause is usually less than 10 kilometers, while in the tropics it can be more than 15 kilometers. The troposphere also contains almost all the water in the atmosphere, and here's where all the weather takes place. Above the troposphere and up to about 50 kilometers altitude, we have the stratosphere. Even if, even if ship or ground based lasers have an effect of 100 kilowatts with an effective range of 7 kilometers in the troposphere, ship based le- lasers may not even have time to destroy an Iskander M missile in the future before it has reached its target. An Iskander M travels in between 2.03 to 2.36 kilometers per second and that means that the 7 kilometer laser range is not sufficient. In any case, missile scrap can hit the platform at very high speeds around the defending or defended target. The Americans are probably hoping to be able to deploy an airborne 100 kilowatts high energy carbon laser which is being developed at Kirtland Air Force Base in Albuquerque, New Mexico, against ballistic missiles in their launch phase if possible. Although a Russian S-400 Triumph anti-aircraft missile can reach 400 kilometers, and the Americans thus probably do not get any safety distance with their airborne laser against the S-400 if they intend to shoot down an Iskander-M in the acceleration phase. But this Boeing 747-borne laser can also be used against other flying targets including satellites as well as against land and sea targets. At the time of writing this airborne laser weapon can barely knock out a missile that uses solid fuel in its highest or descending orbit. Most missile systems use solid fuel today. What implications do laser weapons have for ballistic missiles? One implication is that projectiles with very high trajectories will become more important. Why? Well, despite the fact that projectiles can be shot down in its descending phase, this means that projectiles with very high trajectories can still have a kinetic force against the target even if the projectiles are quote shot down by lasers. Projectiles in low altitudes do not have the time window to have an effect on the target if they are shot down in time. A missile with a speed of Mach 2 travels only within quotation marks approximately 7 kilometers in 10 seconds. naval lasers it is difficult for an oppo- opponent to target and concentrate the laser beam with a laser weapon from the target naval ship the targeted naval ship from a reasonable distance against a ballistic missile in other spots than against the missile's head as it enters from a high trajectory with the nose down almost directly above the target The most vulnerable part of a ballistic missile is the fuel section in the rear body. If you create a crack in it, you cause the whole tank to explode from within. But the time required for a laser beam to sufficiently heat the fuel tank and cause a crack in it is between 8 to 12 seconds. Thus one must use an airborne system that can shoot down the missile in the launch phase, ascent phase, or climax. And since the air defense system S-400 has a very long a long range against aircraft, it would be optimal if one could shoot down an airborne ballistic missile at climax where the missile climbs over the hump at an altitude, altitude of 50,000 meters. Ballistic missiles can also be used from long distances against reconnaissance hills on land with a clear view, where the opponent also has deployed a mobile laser weapon a radar. Instead of a conventional charge, a ballistic missile can carry a thermobaric charge in the warhead. Then it is only a matter of knowing when the hill is used for the purpose of deploying mobile laser weapons and radar systems. One can send two or three cruise missiles, which simultaneously are coordinated with the ballistic missile, flying at very low altitudes, so that the opposite side cannot shoot down both the ballistic missile and the cruise missiles with the laser weapons. How are flying weapons slash targets affected by laser weapons? Grenade launchers, grenades, are thrown at low speeds in short arch-like trajectories. Artillery shells travels much faster, usually in lower trajectories. An UAV flies slowly but has a low radar signature. Cruise missiles often fly at supersonic speeds and are protected against radar detection for a large part of the flight time, as they usually fly at very low altitudes. In order to gain an advantage with a mobile land-based target-seeking cruise missile towards tactical targets, it may be necessary that one. Mobile enemy laser weapon systems at hills are knocked out by ballistic missiles. This is a crucial type of weapon system against laser weapons. It can be done with the added support of cruise missiles. 2. There is some form of information and signal contact between the fireguider and the weapon platform beyond the field of visual range BVR. The platform can be placed very far back, especially a ballistic missile vehicle. You may have to reckon with being forced to send coordinates manually via the fixed telephone network, a mobile phone or a satellite phone. Three. The cruise missiles can fly towards the target at extremely low altitudes and still have full control of the target's location. It can be important to know from which direction is best for the missile to fly in from to avoid detection before it is too late for the opponent. You must know the coordinates, topography and forest landscape for the target area. Laser weapons can largely replace or supplement expensive anti-missile missiles except possibly against ballistic missiles, unless the laser weapon are fired from an aircraft in the troposphere. Laser weapons are inexpensive to operate, can be fired several times and operate at the speed of light. However, missile systems can knock out ballistic missiles and reload almost indefinitely, as long as there is ammunition, so these probably have a future as well. Thanks, and see you later, alligator, at wild crocodile. Oh, thank you.